When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to The Point After on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. I'm proud to, to, to play with these guys. Um, God has blessed me with an ability to throw football and, and has blessed me to play in, in the greatest um, city in Pittsburgh with the greatest fans and the greatest football team and players and it has just been truly a, a blessing and I'm so thankful to him for the, the opportunity that, that he's given me. Everybody, welcome to The Point After presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business. Your business depends on internet. Get internet your business can depend on. Comcast Business built for business. I'm Missy Matthews joined for the final time of the 2021 Steelers season by Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley. And that was Ben Roethlisberger, Billy, at the podium uh, following the Steelers loss to the Chiefs in the wildcard round. Um, And it's never fun when the ride ends. No, it ends with a thud. Except for one team. And uh, that thud happened, happened a lot louder than I thought it would, especially early on, Wolf, when we mm. thought uh, the Steelers were really battling and took the lead, but uh, it got away. And when it gets away to a good team like Kansas City, it gets away in a hurry. And you could hear the regret in Ben's voice, you know. Um, there's that solemnity to knowing that the season's done, but this is unusual for him because after 18, he's completely done, most likely. I mean, we have not heard officially, but, you know, there is a real I, – I, it's hard to explain. I can remember when I retired, okay, in, in my, my little career, 12 years, right? So I go – I'm on the north side. i got to get a hand in three letters, right? The postmaster general's sitting there, and I go up then – you know, you go up to the postmaster guy, and, you know, you hand them letters. And then proceeds this tug of war between, like, um, <laughs> do I really want to do this? And the guy finally says to me, he goes – do you want these belts, or I go, yes, oh, <laughs> you know, my. because ha- actually doing it, making that statement, that statement, the finality of it is really, really difficult to do. And for somebody like Ben, who has done it at that level, you know, all I can say is, well, the countdown to Canton just began. 
Did he, you know prior to your last game that that was – like, how did you come to the fruition? Was it, you know, did it creep in during the season? Was it afterwards when you thought about it? In my era, uh, it was generally acknowledged that if you knew you couldn't make it through training camp, if you if, if it was becoming such a huge physical effort to get through camp, uh, you knew, like, okay, this is probably it. This most likely. And that was my 12th year – the, the, my knee, um, I, I had L4 and 5 that were uh, problematic. Neck was a little bit of an issue. Brain, eh, you know, as usual. <laughs> but, you know, as you proceed through the season, you start to get that thought in your head. And Chuck always used to say, if you're thinking about retiring, you already have. And by the time I got to the last game, which was against the Packers, I was in Minnesota at that time. It was I. It was the acknowledgement. The day I remember the day before, actually that week, talking to my family and saying, "This is it. I, I just physically I can't hold up anymore." Yeah, I uh, have not been in your situation. I have not been a member of a professional football team, uh, but I, I think the thing that you miss is that locker room bond. Oh yeah. You know, I think, and that even though you end up coaching or. You know, whatever you end up doing, it's never the same. It's never the same. And you're spot on with that one because it is. And Max and I were talking about it this morning on the show. We're talking about the brotherhood that evolves because of that bonding of blood, sweat, and tears that you go through with the guys. And you see the rise and fall of players, of coaches, you know, of, of teams and everything else. You have the unseen things that occur like Aaron Smith endured with his boy being sick for a mm. period of time. You know, those sort of things play out each and every year, and uh, it's it's a, it's a, an incredible ride. But I can't imagine what Ben is thinking at the end of 18 now. You sit back and go, whoa. You know, I mean, that has been a spectacular ride. And congratulations to you, Seven, because um, I enjoyed every single minute of it. As you said, not uh, he has not officially said, hey, this is it, I'm retiring. Right. He has, you know, we knew that it sounded like the Browns game was going to be the final game at Heinz Field and whatnot. Um, but he was kind of talking in, you know, a, a way talking about, you know, being a dad, being a good husband, uh, playing in the snow. You know, he was like, I'm going to get home. And I know tomorrow, you know, you parent being a parent doesn't stop. I'm going to be in the snow. I'm going to be sled riding, <laughs> even if I'm tired. Um, so, you know, I think he has said it without saying it, which, you know, you have to respect. He didn't want to be a distraction, wanted to kind of finish out the season. Right. But today, Coach Tomlin had his final season-ending press conference, as we'll say, um, and he did say the team is proceeding, that Ben will not be here next year. Um, and he said, you know, for the first time, he's going to have to have a new quarterback, find a franchise quarterback, said it is uh, uneasy, a challenge, and if you're a competitor, you like it. But it is weird, Billy, that that is not something that has ever, um, you know, come to fruition where it's like, man, who's going to be the starting quarterback this year? The better part of two decades. You have to really think about that. And you also have to uh, be very thankful that uh, this guy never had to face a losing season. I mean, that, to me, is a legacy. That's a legacy that very few quarterbacks at that level have ever experienced. I, 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 you know, Elias Sports Bureau could tell us, but I, I think he's probably in a club of one. I would say that uh, you know I have no idea because statistics are not my bag. <laughs> when you when you you flunk math a couple times, you know you're always like, wow, that's just that's bad. But that, you know the point is, um, he is in 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 that elite. He is football royalty. Uh, when you see a guy like that come along, he will take his place alongside the other greats. And 
you just appreciate the fact that you got to, at least for me, you know, ride along. Uh, is it was great, like in, being in the huddle with Brad, being here on the sidelines when he made a start. Twenty-one years, as I always say, in between the two men, and there was a number of guys wearing that quarterback number sort of thing in between the two. Wow, that's um, it's special to see two franchise quarterbacks like that. That's they're both generational men. I did some math of just for giggles. And uh, against the division, the AFC North, uh, Ben's winning percentage is 74%. So that sent me to the Hall of Fame to see which coaches ended up with a higher percentage. The only member of the Hall of Fame in the coaching department that has a figure better than Ben's against the AFC North, Vince Lombardi. Wow. Wow. you got to think about stuff like that. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, I'm sure that's what comes to mind if you're not concussed. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said never having a losing season, Ben did say that, you know, yeah, stats are great and you can appreciate the individual ones when you're done and maybe where you rank among the greats. But he said that one, no matter what, hands down, was going to mean the most because it meant you were competitive, you were always in it, that type of thing. So, And I respect him for staying out of the way because this week, as Mike Tomlin went through today, Missy, and you – and Bob Pompiani did the show wrap around uh, the news conference. Uh, this is a week of change, and that and the team are much more important than any individual. And Ben realizing that is saving his official announcement for another day. Maybe it'll be Groundhog Day, and maybe he can repeat another season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to look up Billy because you were mentioning the AFC North and Ben, and it it is just crazy. Um, he has done the most damage over six thousand yards, forty plus touchdown passes against each team: the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns. Wow. How do you guys come up with these stats? I can't, I can't nothing like that. I just I read it off an email from Alec. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, any, man. Any source is fair game. You know That's that. That's right. That's and right. It, it's much easier with the internet now. You know what that is, don't you? You punch a button and. I heard about it. Goo, 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 goo. <laughs> the NFL communications department sends out a lot of material, you know, just reading things. You can kind of, you know, piece it would help. I'm supposed to read things. No doubt. Yeah, you Let know. Stay as. <laughs> Simple as you are. <laughs> that's no, I simple. think that's beautiful. I, and I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. I just think that Billy, uh, after all these years, you can say anything you want. You never well, <laughs> bother you know, me. I, like, uh, your phone. It's it's not a flip phone, but it doesn't do tricks. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, uh, it's it's just the way you're wired yeah. and partly generational. But you know, some of us aren't born to embrace this uh, thing called technology. <laughs> It is crazy, and it's ever-changing as well. Um, Wolf, take us through what is it like? You know, the season ends abruptly, as Billy said. Only one team is happy when it's all said and done. What is it like for the players? There's the exit interviews. I think people start to scatter immediately. Oh, yeah. Um, what what happens during this time period, and what is the range of emotions, I guess, that you can typically go through? I think there's that 24 to 48 hours where you're coming to grips with the season's ending. And the ability to suddenly deload from what you've been carrying because the physical and mental and emotional um, challenges that you undergo through each and every year is something that is it's burdensome, it's, it's wearisome, it uh, really drags you down at some points in time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, it's a lot, of, a lot of great stuff, but believe you me, by the end of the year, when you get to game 16 after four and now there's 17, hmm. I mean... <laughs> 
I can't even begin to tell you how excruciatingly tired some of these guys got to be. And when you have that sort of moment where you, you see each other in the exit interviews and you know oh, he's waiting, you start to wonder, am I going to see so-and-so again? Am I going to be here again? I mean, that's one of those things where you you wonder about your future. And if you've got kids and a wife and everything, you know, for the older vets, it's a little – the established guys, it's a little bit different than it is for the younger guys. If you're a bubble boy, it's a different period of time. If you are a, a vet uh, who pretty much knows I'm, you know, on my way out, that's another thing. But, you know, there is that just kind of coming to grips with this this roller coaster of week in, week out, up here, then down here, then back up here, then down here. It's, it's come to an end. And comes the one moment that I always loved – the week after the season's all over and I'm done with, you know, bumming about the loss or whatever, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm going, hey, you know what? I got no practice today. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, baby, you got any roast beef sandwiches? In? Let's load up and let's go. I can always lose that weight exactly. when it's time. And, and, and also, this year, it's magnified by the pandemic. Um, you know, all of this emotion. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you get that mentality that we've been in this foxhole together. You know, the foxhole was pretty deep this year because of that week in, week out, day in, day out, testing, con- right. contract tracing, or contact tracing. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it magnifies it. Indeed. Billy, as a coach said today, change is appropriate. Change always happens. Mm. Uh, I think even the Super Bowl winning teams change happens. Um, but it does feel like there's going to be a lot more change maybe this offseason than prior ones. Well, because of um, the way the season went. Um, it is, as well as it ended in terms of you had a winning season, and that's what you start out to do, um, this team had many warts, many more warts than we're used to. Uh, on both sides of the ball, and uh, there's a lot of fixing to do, and I think um, uh, nobody knows it more than uh, Coach Tomlin, and he addressed that today. Uh, I thought he he did a, an admirable job, and 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 basically uh, in the whole time he was there, almost a half hour, but what 28 minutes, mm-hmm. um, he didn't say much. He didn't tip his hand very much. A couple of little things here and there, but nothing solid that you could take away and say, "Wow, this is what the Steelers are going to do," because we don't know. It's crazy. Uh, I think it's going to be a very action-packed, probably a lot of things happening Mm -hmm. throughout the next few weeks. And then, you know, you roll into the Combine. There's the Senior Bowl and all those different things. You know, Coach even said that he talked about, you know, with Kevin Colbert going to Mobile and the different things. And then it's free agency, the draft. The NFL is just this ever-evolving machine that just does not seem to take a nap. Uh, There's always something to look forward to. Uh, But just quickly going back to Sunday night, I know it is painful. uh, And as you said, Wolf, you know, players eventually do move on from it. But what's the biggest thing you take away from, you know, the excitement, as Billy said, TJ Watt scores. Uh, You think, okay, we knew something goofy like this might have to happen to hang around with the, the Chiefs and how much they can score. And then just seemed to all go downhill. Well, the thing that I expected and what I was pleased to see, they came out with a fighting spirit. You know, I mean, that's the thing about it. You took a licking three weeks ago or so. You find yourself in the same venue. You know that there's going to be an acoustic tsunami of sound coming at you. It's going to be a difficult venue to play in. Uh, you have all these things, you know, coming around. And the focus was there. The guys went out, and that defense was playing its butt off throughout the first quarter and halfway through the second quarter until – the offense could not get anything going to take the pressure off the defense. And when you have such a huge offensive machinery and weaponry that does the Chiefs have, um, sooner or later, they're going to get home. 
And mm. if you can't, then it becomes this, can you answer the last one and the last one and so forth? And when T.J. Watt just went scoop and score, I thought, get Zooks, man, we got something going here. You know, great googly mo- I wanted to go great googly moogly, <laughs> it's the chefs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they turned uh... around and they were the Chiefs. And before you know it, uh, you know, they, here's the thing about it. Those third downs were so crucial. You know, you cannot, as, as, as Mike Tomlin said, when asked if the wide receivers left plays out there, and he said, you think? You think? Um, that was probably as demonstrative of an answer of, of what went on in that game as anything. Can I go there with a the couple things I looked at? Absolutely. Uh, before the game, you and Max talked about, you know, this team could be taken advantage of with tight ends. And, you know, it could be a big game for Pat and Zach. And uh, to that point, uh, I looked at the uh, stats at the end of the game, and it hit me like a, a, a ton of bricks. Uh, Gentry and Fryermuth had nine targets and one empty target. Only once did they not catch a targeted pass. The wide receivers had 15 or 13 of 15 empty targets. One of the empty targets was a tight end, and one mm-hmm. was Derek Watt. And the wide receivers had all the other empties. Uh, Derek, I'm sorry, Deontay Johnson, five. Juju had three. Claypool had four, and Washington had one. Mm. And I'm not trying to blame the wide receivers because they're going to make tougher catches than tight ends, normally speaking. Uh, but I think t- the point is that maybe we could have used the tight end more. Oh, there's no question, and that's what I was really hoping to see. You know, I mean, just because I know that Kansas City ranked near the bottom of the NFL and covering tight ends, I think we have two very excellent tight ends who have a catch radius that between the two of them is both high and wide, Mm -hmm. and that this offense moving forward, I look forward to what they can do next year because I think the two of them together, you had a dash of Kevin Rader in, who may be the best run blocking of the three, um, I like the tight end position here in Pittsburgh real real good. And I go back to training camp. The one day that the tight ends were all banged up, including Fryermuth, Derek Watt had a spectacular practice oh, yeah. catching the football. That wheel route. Yeah. yeah he looked like a tight end, uh, and we never exploited that. But uh, I understand that. I mean, his you know part in this offense was minimal, and uh, that's the way fullbacks have become in the league. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think we can go to him more, too. If we use them more, but, you know, that's not up to me. That's up to the folks that count, and they call the plays. It is interesting when you look at just the snap count. Um, Gentry had 40 snaps. Fryermuth had 31. Najee only had 30. Um, and I know they were spelling him a little bit as well, but it didn't feel like Najee had less than them. But as you said, still, in terms of what they were able to do, and obviously Gentry helps a lot in terms of the run game as well and blocking. So, oh, he um, does. We'll be good to see, you know, that that year two step with Fryermuth. Coach Tomlin always talks about, and mm-hmm. as you said, Zach Gentry just completely transformed his body heading into this season. So, you know, arrow pointed up, I think, is probably what Coach Tomlin would say. No doubt about it. I mean, you got with with Zach Gentry. I'm telling you, if he gets old, decides I don't want to do this, he can pull a Larry Brown and put on about 40 pounds. He could be a Pro Bowl <laughs> tackle. He's got such great athletes. If he if he really wants to get to the skilled athletes, that being the offensive lineman, that would but, be his third position. <laughs> yeah, he was a quarterback. He was quarterback. Yeah. I know. How about that? And then of course you got the Friar Muth, who's he's not a, a star in the making. He's a star in the happening. You know, I mean, he is really mm-hmm. coming along. And like I said, I believe someday when they start talking about the top tight ends in the league. His name's going to be kicked around in the conversation at some point. 
All right. We want to let you know for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels. Just visit one of our official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Heinz Field, Grove City Premium Outlets or Tanger Outlets. Or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all of your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. You're listening to The Point After presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business right here on DVE. Back to the point after on DVE. And I want to win these games. Uh, I want to be a part of this. Um, the playoffs are where you want to start, um, but you want to finish in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I take it very personal when we don't have playoff success. And I will be back in the drawing board trying to figure out a way if I'm on this team next year. All right, that was Cam Hayward following the Steelers' loss in the wild card round to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Missy Matthews, joined by Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley. Welcome back to The Point After, presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business, taking you to the top of the hour. And, Billy, uh, a very solemn, sad, uh, kind of frustrated, every emotion you could probably think of um, coming out of Cam Hayward following that that loss and maybe just the end of a season where he was just a one-man wrecking show and just losing bodies around him constantly. That was the best Cam Hayward that I've ever seen. Uh, it's almost as if he sensed the warts are many and they're getting greater, and I've got to cover them. And almost as a one-man crew, he did. He did as much as he could. I mean, I he didn't have an all-pro or a Pro Bowl year. He had a superstar year. And, you know, it's not because of Cam Hayward that this team did not advance. No question about it. I mean, you you look at that man and what he's done, what he's still capable of doing, and he did it without two of his closest buddies. You know, and I talked earlier about the brotherhood thing, and I, Max and I were again talking about that this morning. And that brotherhood, when you lose guys along the way, you know, to it, you lose Tyson. Um, you could hear it in his voice when he was talking about it. There was there's a lot of emotion. Football is such an emotional game, and a lot of people. Don't understand how you can have these uh, behemoths out there with, you know, uh, sharing their feelings and everything like that. And, you know, but I mean, it, it truly is. You, you are you are you are bonded together through blood, sweat and tears of the highs and lows of a season through the events that occur behind the scenes. Somebody's, you know, families undergoing trouble, that sort of thing. And all these things come together in the in the, in, in the, the crazy moments of, of the season as you're trying to push them so hard to the end, and then all of a sudden it's over, and you start to look around, and you, you know you know you're going to be missing some guys. You know that it's not going to be the same. Every year is a journey unto itself, and uh, you know I think Cam realizes that, and he's looking around, and and it bothers him. I a couple of years ago looked at the stats, and the average turnover for each roster was seven of the fifty-three. I think it's higher now. Maybe COVID has something to do with it, but maybe not. And I think for the Steelers this year, considering what they have to fix, I think that turnover is going to be big. And I think, uh, you know, just some of the free agents that they have as well, whether yeah. they decide to go elsewhere or stay or who knows. Um, but, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, Joe Hayden, mm-hmm. I, there is a laundry list. Even some of the guys who stepped up and really helped this defense, Montrevious Adams, who said yesterday would love to stay here in Pittsburgh, Akilla Witherspoon. Um, it is going to be kind of crazy when you think about the turnover. But we have more cap money this year, so we're not in the same position that we were last year. Let's see how that plays out. 
I liked Montrevious. You know, I liked what he did. He came along, caught a moving train, and, and fitted in as best as you could. He's got a playing style very similar to the great Chris Hoke. You know, I mean, you watch him. He plays a low pad level. He's not enormously huge, a la Casey Hampton or something like that. But as I always said, as well as Hokey will always remind you, he was seventeen and one as a starter in place of the great Casey Hampton. So, you know, I like what Montrevious brought um, this year. He's uh, he's he's one of these guys that that could be a real fine. Coach Tomlin calls him the Mon. The Mon after the Mon River, yeah, that's what that's his. You know, he gives everybody crazy in the right, caves, but right. that's that's Montrevious. Mother Hubbard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> um, another thing that Coach mentioned today, uh, nothing definitive, but he said that he and defensive coordinator Keith Butler have had conversations that this could potentially have been it for him. He said nothing uh, definitive. Had to follow back up with him, but. You know, it's not just the players, Billy. It's it's potentially coaches, whether they retire or they go somewhere else or who knows people are brought in. Um, and I think that is, you know, maybe a little bit more than we've seen in the previous years. And who who knows uh, who might get plucked away? You know, somebody may say, hey, that coach did a great job with what he had. Maybe we'll give him more money. You just don't know the, that, that change and what it's going to look like, but you just know it's going to be there. Uh, and especially if you have – a disappointing season. And when you say disappointing, hey, team was finished to pick fourth in the division, finished second. But around here, we're spoiled. That bar is high. And we didn't get to the bar this year. Yeah, and I think going so long without a playoff win, I think that, yep. you know, is that's that's a valid point and something that I think is difficult when you, you know, the way it ended last year against the Browns at mm. Heinz Field, you just, you cannot help but think about Marquise Pouncey and Ben Roethlisberger sitting in an empty stadium <laughs> by yeah. themselves. Um, you know, and I just, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick was someone who spoke today and uh, he said, you know, I don't want to say too many good things about T.A. because I don't want another team to hear that and take him away from us because of how much he's meant to that secondary but he also said, well, if just, you know, when a team is able to have a big guy score a touchdown, you let your tight end throw a touchdown. It's just it's you know, I, I don't want to paraphrase everything that he said um, and maybe misquote him. But it's just like a defeating moment for a defense when you just cannot get it to stop. Absolutely. There's a, a bloodletting that uh, began. And I truly believe it began, you know, really when we lost, as we talked about Tyson and and we lost, um, you know, uh uh, stuff to it. it. Yes, thank you. But, you know, I, I'll go back a little bit further. You know, some of this, I think, also started with losing Vince Williams. You know, a lot of people don't really recognize that the knockback tackles that Mike Tomlin talks about. I mean, you're talking about Vinny. Vinny was the ultimate, or not, not, I shouldn't say ultimate because there's so many that are capable, but he was a capable knockback tackler, a guy who really brought that downhill bang. When you see those double teams, when that guard – blocks down with the center or the tackle, you've got a linebacker that steps up to reduce the vertical uh, size of the hole so that the back doesn't have that cut. And, um, you know, the guys were trying and stuff, uh, you know, but it just wasn't happening. But all, all I can tell you is that, you know, without Steph, without Tyson, and without Vinny, you've got a lot of knockbacks that didn't occur from that side of the ball. And that's what I – if I have to say any one thing about the defense – I think Mike nailed it when he said we're lacking knockback tackles. Well, he said on um, his pregame show prior to the wild card game with Bob Labriola, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick was the team's leading tackler, and Lab said something along the lines like, 
you know, it's not always good when you have somebody right. in the back end and he goes, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's not what you want. But luckily, Minka, and I think a lot of people were upset there was no no splash plays or not a ton of splash plays, but he was kind of playing a different role this year. He was playing a hybrid linebacker about 30 yards deep. <laughs> I mean, really. Good thing he's fast. Yeah, you're very right. I mean, I was just watching film yesterday, watching him in some of the games, and just remarkable how much ground he eats up and goes after and is able to come up and, and apply and, and be part of that run defense while still playing deep off the ball and having the ball skills that he's got. But so much of it, I think, is used up in having to play some of that uh, that run defense. And he is really – Minka is, is just a terrific, terrific ball player. I go back to the Baltimore game. I think he made the biggest play mm, of the game. In on Hollywood overtime. Brown. Yeah, because if that pass yeah. is completed, we're not talking about going to the playoffs. Yeah, they're kicking a field goal right out. Yeah, you know, you're right. And he's, I mean, just so many different things you can, uh, you know, point to what he has helped since just the minute he came here. His first game with the Steelers, he had an interception. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys when he's not practicing, he's he's catching with the quarterbacks, he's catching with a coach, whoever will basically do something. He kind of has that Najee mentality where he can't just like sit down and maybe take a breather. Um, but I think that's just Minka and, you know, the film rat. We, we've gone on and on of just what he's like. Uh, his partner, though, I did want to ask you about Wolf, Terrell Edmonds, somebody the Steelers did not pick the 50-year option up on uh, heading into this season. So he can kind of determine his future, where he wants to go, what he wants to do. And Coach was asked about him today, and he said availability. You know, not enough people talk about how he is always available. He's not somebody you're having go in and out of the lineup, not dealing with injuries, and even his rookie year playing like a 1,000 snaps um, on defense. Availability, durability, any sort of that ability you want to talk about, that's what Terrell is, you know, and he is he's a gamer. He's a tough guy. He is a guy that plays his heart out. I've had the opportunity to work with him on a show um, the last couple of years, and he does the prehab, rehab, make sure to take care of his body. He's a dedicated professional along the lines of T.J. Watt. Um, I know that that uh, you know a lot of people will talk about well the splash plays well you know what not everybody is a splash player you know I mean you're put in positions when you're in that box and you're that eighth man in the box that strong safety and uh, you're you're only a couple hundred pounds you know you're dealing with the beefaloes coming at you mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> I told him I says you know you know you ought to think about get a sponsorship from Omaha Steaks right get yourself. Grill some steaks every day. Just eat it. Get on a squat program, and let's get you in the box as a hybrid linebacker because that's what he is so good in the box. And, you know, you, you appreciate that. But I know a lot of people are like, well, you got to Hey, listen, what he does, he does very, very well, and it's up to the Steelers. We'll see where they go with this now. And you have to appreciate that he took that 50-year option decline, not personally. Hold he on. just took it as, well, I got to get better. I got to show them that I'm worthy of staying here. Yes. You know, he turned it into a positive. And I think some of the criticism, he's a first-round draft pick. I think those are guys you're going to nitpick no matter what is happening. Um, You know, and I even, you know, going back to things that happened prior to the season, you mentioned Vince Williams. What about Dave DeCastro? I don't think anybody thought Hmm. that, you know, that was going to happen. Obviously, they were very well aware of the turnover that was happening among the offensive line. It's why they invested two draft picks, why they picked up Trey Turner, uh, but the Dave DeCastro one, you know, I, I always wonder. It was huge. Yeah, that's a guy who has been there, has done that, you know, knows what Ben likes, how he works, 
and just one of those guys. He might not, uh, as Coach said, he's not a rah-rah guy, but he's going to tell you what you need to do or what not to do. He's a guy that can play. You know, back in the day, we used to refer to guys like Mike Webster, Dave DeCastro. They're guys that just walk the walk. They didn't bother talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> their play spoke for itself, and uh, nobody questioned it because all you wanted to do was be like them, you know, and just join in alongside them. And I will say this, to pick up a Trey Turner at the last second, really, basically, like Kevin Colbert did, that's big kudos because that was a big, big retirement. And I don't – I think a lot of us don't understand when you have such a, a decorated veteran at the offensive line position like that. You, you you hear so little about the bad things. So all of a sudden when bad things happen because you got younger guys in there and all of a sudden, then you start to see the value of some of the older guys. And certainly uh, Dave DeCastro is just such a terrific player, and he was greatly missed. But you got some young guys that made some great strides this year, and I look forward to some bigger things for them. One of the things, Billy, uh, that Coach said today was that, you know, towards the end of the season, they felt that J.C. Hassenhauer gave them the best chance to win playing center. But uh, Kendrick Green has that flexibility, position flexibility. So he's not saying he's not going to be a center moving forward. But I do think Hassenhauer uh, really showed maybe the communication, the steadiness that they could have been looking for a little bit earlier. I think so. And uh, uh, right away, Coach went to the versatility thing. And uh, it, it may sound like coach speak, but it's true. The more positions you can play, the more you can help the team. And uh, I think you envision him going to guard. Uh, it could happen, but uh, if something happens at center, he can still do that. So uh, I think he hit a wall this year. You don't want to hear that, I know, because yeah. you're old school. <laughs> but What uh, wall? Yeah. Well, it's the rookie wall. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Wolf doesn't buy that. No, uh, I, well, he, he played a different game. And at a different time and before the salary cap, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> and But the helmets were not leather. Okay. <laughs> and you did have a face guard. That's true. Okay. That's true. All right. But I will tell you this. Um, they'll find a place for Kendrick. That guy, he is a, um, he's a body snatcher. I mean, that's what I love about this kid. This kid's got a fire that burns in him. You, just, you, you can see it in his play. And I got an opportunity to just talk with him a little bit, uh, Zoom, and then I met him one time personally. Just this kid's going to be a player. You know, I don't know if it's going to be at center, at guard. I know one thing. You put him at guard and um, he gets out on a, on a hunt, on a, a search and destroy mission, <laughs> somebody's going to get lit up. <laughs> what do you think is said to him in terms of his exit interview, uh, just about his body taking care of it, what to do for year two or when he's meeting with the, the you know strength and conditioning staff? Well, I think what, what they'll probably talk about is um, work on his some of his you know running. Uh, his, his strength is, is great. You know, you watch him. He gets under and up on guys, and I'm telling you what, people move. Now, <laughs> the problem is, you know, sometimes with these inside-outside zones, uh, he was a little unfamiliar with it. Looked like to me a little hesitant. J.C. Hassenauer did a good job of directing traffic on the inside on a lot of that stuff. But when he knew who to move and he knew he had to move that guy and <laughs> only had to worry about that guy, that guy moved more times than he did. <laughs> let me tell you. And that's what you want out of your offensive line. And um, he should not look at this year as anything less than it was a good start, good start to a career because he's going to be around for a number of years, let me tell you. All right, we're going to take one more break here on The Point After, presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business. When we return, we'll go around the NFL, look at the divisional round coming up this weekend, and also hear from Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll be right back. Back to The Point After on DVE. I knew it was a big risk 
you know, to put myself on the line to come out here. And, you know, while I was doing my exit, you know, physicals to like, you know, the end of the season, uh, I got cleared by the doctor and I was like, you know, I'm playing. There was no hesitation. There was no doubt that I wanted to be out there with seven. And, you know, he felt comfortable, you know, with me being out there. And it's like, you know, we, we never lost that chemistry. And like I said, I'm, I don't know what his next plans are, you know, for his future, but I would say thank you, Seven, for everything you've done for me. Everybody, welcome back to The Point After, presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business. Your business depends on internet. Get internet your business can depend on. Comcast Business, built for business. That was Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster following the wildcard game on Sunday. He had five catches for 26 yards, targeted eight times, and Billy played 52 of 68 snaps, only had two practices after missing about three months, and you heard his reasoning there and why he wanted to come back. Tells you something about his warrior mentality. And uh, I said it uh, when he first started to, to develop as a Steelers wide receiver. Uh, he's a, high, a bigger version of Heinz Ward with speed. And, you know, he just has that ability to know where the stick is, know where the chalk is. And, boy, when he's not in the lineup and he only played six games this year, uh, he was sorely missed. You love what he brings to the dance. I mean, uh, the fact that he's – Running across the middle, and like you said, Bill, he finds the first down marker. He yeah. doesn't come up short. How many times did uh, we, you know, our, our good buddy, my good brother, uh, Tunchil, can say, you know, Heinz Ward, you never see him come up short of the sticks. You know, he's mm-hmm. always short of the goal line, short of the sticks. He's always doing. That's what Juju does, and I think that's one of the great lessons Juju took from a Heinz Ward, besides the fact that his physicality, if you remember him laying out Vontez Perfect, you know, the arch villain and nemesis <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, back in the day there, um, this is a guy who's very physical. And if you're going to try to pitch the ball, run around the corner and stuff, you get that bunch formation, one of the things you got to have is a guy that's willing to go inside and dig out those linebackers, those nickelbacks, what have you, and lay the wood. And that's the guy that does it, Juju. Juju said his mom and his agent were against him playing, knowing that he is a free agent. He signed only a one-year deal with the Steelers. Um, but, you know, he has said n- numerous times this offseason and, again, reiterated on Sunday he wants to stay with the Steelers and resign with the Steelers. And, Billy, I think, as you said, that mentality, uh, wanting to give it his all just for a chance of winning one playoff game, knowing it could end badly for him, uh, says a lot about his character and how much, you know, Ben meant to him as well. He just said all the right things, and um, I hope he does stay here. Uh, and I knew uh, when he did test the, the waters that, uh, you know, he didn't get what he would ho- and the agent uh, hoped for, and so he came back. And uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, and that probably hurt his value on the open market, and so maybe uh, all things lead to his returning. I hope so. Number 19, we needed you this year, and we didn't get enough of you. You know, I got to tell you, I was shocked. When they said, you know, he's going to practice. You're like, I was huh? shocked. Yeah. Even his teammates were. Oh, he didn't absolutely. tell anybody. No, I mean, it was, it was undercover and it was rehab. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was better kept secret than 007 for crying out loud. And the fact is I'm watching this and he comes out and what a lift. Everybody loves him. You know, he, he provides that juice. Now, you go to the game. I was shocked again when he said <laughs> he's going to be in the lineup. And the thing that he does is that he's just uplifting to the other guys. And I believe that... Um, you know, for a guy to do what he did after three months of being off to go out competitively and, and put his future on the line, and he did so, and he did so unreservedly, and he didn't hold anything back. I mean, kudos to him. There's a lot there to uh, applaud him on. 52 snaps. Wow. Yeah. 
a lot of people expected 2025. How about 10 or 15? You know, Pitch count. Just, yeah. <laughs> That was amazing. But, you know, makes the Chiefs, you know, have to respect him. It was kind of the Tyree Kill thing the first time the two teams met the regular season. He only had two catches, but he was out on the field, so you have to assume, you know, he's going to do something. Obviously, coming off of an injury is a little bit different than coming off of COVID. Um, but let's go now around the NFL presented by Clearview Federal Credit Union, your financial partner for life. ClearviewFCU.org. Unfortunately, we are talking about the divisional round. No Steelers in it. Uh, the Saturday lineup, January 22nd from the AFC, 430 kick Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. And then for the NFC, the night game, 815 San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. And then on Sunday, January 23rd, NFC goes first. Los Angeles Rams at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See what I did there, Wolf? I did. Uh, AFC Buffalo Bills at Kansas City, 640. Um, So it is going to be a good weekend for football, but, you know, always a bummer when you're sitting on your couch watching it. For what it's worth, the Steelers in the regular season were 2-4 and against that uh, eight-team gaggle. Um, That's not bad. We expect more. uh, But uh, we don't count the playoff loss to Kansas City. I'm talking about regular season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like the Bengals. I know they're underdogs because they're on the road, but I like them. Uh, I, I, they're a solid team. Uh, I wasn't that impressed with the Titans. Well, first of all, I, I'm amazed that Missy's now a wordologist. You know, <laughs> she pulled that one together. That that I mean, everybody influence. uses that's that. Your influence. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I can only say I, I, I can dumb anybody down. You know what well, I mean? What did I? I came up with something. Goofy oh, I know. Yeah, what, you what know what? I yeah, I, I don't remember, <laughs> but you know, uh, it will happen to you as well, my friend. Here's the thing about. It. <laughs> You know, um, you think about it, first of all, it's like Cincinnati and, and Tennessee. Um, Joe Burrow is really just playing lights out, and that mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is unbelievable, along with Joe Mixon. Now, I wonder if Derrick Henry can make enough of an impact if he comes back. I mean, they're talking about the fact that uh, possibly he was well on his way to another back-to-back 2,000-yard season. Oh, he's a beast. Back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. My goodness. I mean, I, I remember t- – well, you know, O.J. Simpson way back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a kid growing up in Orchard Park, you know, seeing that happen. And now to see this become like that, Eric Henry is really an amazing, amazing physical specimen. They don't call him King Henry for no reason. Good point, you know. <laughs> Going back to the Bengals, though, Billy, uh, since we all got to watch that game on Saturday night before the Steelers played it, you also think in the back of your head, man, we're going to be dealing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that duo, and those other weapons for quite some time in, in the AFC North. Yes, we will, and we have to get ready for that. Uh, it's kind of role reversal, but that's what happens. Uh, but I remember earlier this year when uh, the Steelers lost the three in a row and ended up one in three, after that surprise win over Buffalo, uh, people saying, well, I guess it's our turn to be at the bottom. You know, I, I could feel that, not from all Steelers fans, from some. And uh, I'm so glad that this team responded and had what I call a decent season. But if you're a Steelers fan, it's not enough. No question about it. But, you know, again, look at this. Can you imagine in, in 88, we were 1-7 and seven at the turn. And I remember sitting there in the locker room with Tunch and I would hold the pads off after practice. And he looks at me and goes, well, now we know what it's like to be in Cleveland or Cincinnati. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You're out of it by Halloween. <laughs> you know, and there's something to be said. And I know a lot of people say, well, the standard, this and that. Well, listen, to be in contention, to fight your way to the playoffs, yes, it's not 
meeting the standard, as 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 they say. But the fact of the matter is, you got to punch your way to that position just to get there. And I, I you know, I, I wish a lot of people that kind of would criticize. I'd say, I wish you could spend a season in pads, going through the ups and downs, the uh, all the, the the tribulation that seasons bring, because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. All right, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback situation. I know we already mentioned Ben and how the team's proceeding that, you know, this was his last season. We'll await for final word from him. Um, but Coach was asked about it a lot, rightfully so, today during his press conference and, you know, was asked about Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskin, guys who were backing up Ben and, you know, said they've each had their moments, but they will need to prove themselves. He expects a lot of competition over this offseason training camp and whatnot, but they are not every down starters. Um, Billy, is it fair shake? We've seen a little bit of each more of Mason, obviously, uh, being a draft pick and been here longer. And, you know, kind of what's your mentality of what are the Steelers going to do in terms of bringing somebody else in, whether it's free agency or the draft? I think it's Rudolph's job to lose. Um, Yes, I do believe they'll bring in a veteran quarterback. Um, And, again, it won't be a high-priced situation, so forget uh, Rodgers and forget who's the other one that's coming out this year. Another big quarterback in my mind is Mush right now. Uh, uh, That's just sleep more of de- hanging sleep out with deprivation. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I and I and also Mike Tomlin today talked about quarterback mobility being a much more valued quanti- quali- quality in the game now sure. than it ever was before. And enter Dwayne Haskins. So I think it's going to be a fun competition. And uh, but I I think it's Mason's job to lose. Well, there's no question in my mind. I mean, uh, you know, Mason has been the primary backup. He's what five four and one in his uh, in relief of Ben over the years. He's uh, he's proved to be a solid dude. You know, I, a lot of people they get uh, all bent out of shape and say, "Well, he did not quite this thing." Go, wait a minute now. We're talking about two guys, Terry Bradshaw, to Ben Roethlisberger. You know, two franchise quarterbacks, two two men that are basically generational. You see them once in your lifetime mm-hmm. in, in, in any given franchise. And here you've had to um, – you're not going to just stroll along and, and nail a, a third, you know, uh, franchise quarterback here out of the blue, you know, unless – who knows? I, well, there's always that hope, right? But Mason is – I think he's the guy to do it. You know what I mean? He's been around long enough. Give him a chance. Give him a running game and see what can happen. I mean, that's – you know, while you search for that next franchise quarterback, but trust me, they're not that they're not frequently laying around going, "Hey, here I am." You know, you know what we said about you know some teams who draft high. Uh, obviously, quarterbacks are a premium for each draft each year going in. Um, but you know, the Browns are talking about Baker Mayfield. What's his job going to look like, or what is going to happen with his future with Cleveland? That's somebody who hasn't been there that long. Uh, Tua Tungavaloa down in Miami. You know, there seemed to be a rift between Brian Flores and ownership and the GM about him being the quarterback or not. So uh, I think, you know, Steelers fans, as you said, going so long with having been and maybe not appreciating it. I think you acknowledge it, but now you're looking, you're going, wow, we, we, we didn't have to deal with any of those issues. So I, I do think it's going to be interesting. You know, as Billy said, coach didn't say too much. That's kind of what happens when you talk just a few days when the season ends and no decisions have been made, but you know, he said all options are on the table, whether it's free agency or the draft, you have to look globally. What does the team need? I think we can all agree uh, upgrading offensive line, defensive line. There's a number of issues that they have. So you can't put all your eggs in the quarterback 
basket, as you said, Billy, and going out and trading away, you know, the world to get Aaron Rodgers or somebody. And uh, the other guy I was trying to think of was uh, Jalen Hurts. Is he is he up in Philly? I don't uh, think so. Well, well no. then, anyhow, well, like I say, my my brain is mush. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's talk about what is likely and what is likely that uh, I'll call you know, a, a middle type quarterback veteran with with experience uh, t- to throw a name out Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. uh, Fitzmagic Mariota Fitzbeard you know. <laughs> but um, I, I still think it'll be a competition and I think uh, it's Mason's job to lose all right well guys it has been fun I think we'll all enjoy our Monday or Tuesday evenings off uh, for the rest of the off season but thanks everybody for joining us all season for the point after presented by Parks Casino and Comcast Business for Billy Wolf and our producer Tom I'm Missy Matthews thanks as always for joining us we'll see everybody next season